can hear me, kid. I know you got it in you to pull through. You just gotta keep fighting. You just gotta keep fighting. Never give up. Never give up. Welcome to Cobra Kai. Doesn't matter if you're a loser or a nerd or a freak. All that matters is that you become badass. Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies podcast, hosted by AC Cristales and Jose Barron. We're the podcast show that breaks down and shares insight gained from the hit Netflix series Cobra Kai. Are you ready? Then fall in. Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies podcast, hosted by AC Cristales and... What's going on, brother? How are you doing? Nothing much. Doing good, man. You know, first week of 2021, ready or ready to flip the script on 2020. That's right, brother. Happy New Year to you and your family, man. Likewise, my brother. Likewise. All right. So now, you know, we covered season one and two. We were doing it on Mission Driven Podcast, but now we have this exclusive show, man. So I'm glad that you're on this journey. So quick question, man. How many times have you seen Cobra Kai season three? Great question, man. Uh, the weekend it got released, with um, I've watched it uh, three times, pretty much Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, episodes one through ten. And episode one I've watched a few more times just because we were getting ready for, <laughs> for this first episode of the podcast. All right, brother. Well, let's go ahead and get to it, man. We're going to go ahead and cover episode one entitled Aftermath. So let me go ahead and read the synopsis for it. It goes like this. Miguel's fighting for his life. Robbie's missing. And Daniel and Johnny's reputations are in tatters as the community reacts to the West Valley brawl. So go ahead and get us started, Monty. Get us started with one of your favorite scenes from this episode. Absolutely. I'm going to start off with the opening scene. Um, it's Miguel in the Cobra Kai Gi. He's at the All Valley Tournament. You see him kind of shuffling, amped up, ready to ready for a fight. And then you see an opponent that we have not seen in any of the prior two seasons so they start to fight Miguel's doing well you know he's you know putting up a good defense and and you know an offense as well you get the impression he's kind of starting to get the upper hand he does this very cool spinning kick yeah <laughs> and then it cuts back to to his fall at the high school at West Valley mm-hmm. and you see that scene again where he you know uh, hits the railing and falls down and then it and then it comes back to present time, and Miguel's in the hospital with some type of brace support on his neck. Um, so it's like a dream sequence. Um, don't really understand the impact yet. Yeah. We will as we go through the episode, but I just like how the writers uh, use that. You know, yes. like I said, I don't want to dig too much into it. We'll, we'll explain it as it goes. For sure, because it's something that they use throughout the whole episode. So my first question to you, did you know it was a dream sequence coming off the bat? Did you have an idea? You know, you're you're watching it for the first time. And again, you and I, we watched it, man, at, at 2 a.m., you know. So <laughs> yes. when you first watched it, did you know it was a dream sequence? I kind of had an idea. What about you? Same thing. I, I had an idea because, of course, the last clip we saw of Miguel was, you know, this horrible fall. So, you know, um, it had to be some type of, you know, dream or flashback somehow. But yeah, because you know, obviously he got hurt and we saw him in the hospital. For sure. <laughs> so he couldn't recover just like that. Definitely. Well, well may, or maybe the, the writers were going to, you know, just take us through 
from the end to the beginning. I mean, that, that'd be that'd be interesting, right? You know, just having a, a movie or a TV show that goes from the end to the beginning. So, yeah, pretty cool dream sequence. I wrote that down, man. And it just take it took us into, like you said, where he's in a coma. So we know the aftermath, right? You know, going by the title, we know the aftermath is Miguel. He's in a coma. We don't know if he's going to come out of it, man. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the next scene that I liked. You know, some of it was cheesy. Uh, the cheesy part to <laughs> me was Moon when she was singing. Uh, oh, yes. We don't have to punch. Hey, let's go get some brunch <laughs> and be friends. I'm like, okay. First of all, that didn't even rhyme, Moon. But uh, but I, I like what that guy said. I thought it was a great line when they were interviewing that, that older guy. And he was like, I thought karate died out in the 80s. So uh, here, quick question, man. Did you ever take karate growing up? No, I never participated really in any uh, extracurriculars. <laughs> I, I wanted to, don't get me wrong. I dressed up uh, in a karate gi for Halloween one year, um, but that's as far as I got. <laughs> oh, really? You didn't get the yellow belt like Stingray? <laughs> no, I did not. I think I had a, either a white one or a black one. I can't even remember. <laughs> it was so long ago. <laughs> I'm like Miyagi. What about you? Did you? I'm like Miyagi. I had a belt. What, what do you say? $1.99, JCPenney. JCPenney, dollar ninety nine. No, man. Here's here's a here's a true story, man. So, uh, one of the things, one of the reasons why I got into like martial arts as a kid, into martial arts movies, was because of my dad. So, it's crazy, man. As I was thinking about that, you know, I wanted to ask you if you had been in karate, but yeah, I remember, man. I, I did karate for like a couple of months, man, at Audubon. Oh, okay. Remember Audubon uh, Park? Yes. Over there by uh, surf and swim and stuff. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I did it in that gym for about probably about two to three months, man. But I remember remember how I mentioned in uh, when we were covering a Cobra Kai, a Cobra Kai episode, you know, on the other podcast, how I bought the I would buy martial art, martial arts magazine. So I remember buying Black Belt. I think that was the name of the magazine. So, yeah, I took karate for a couple of months, man. Didn't really stay in it. Like I said, my dad wasn't really present in my life, man. So for that moment that he was. I did take it for about for about three months. So that's one of the things that I remember. So what do you think, man? Would you put your would you put your son in karate? Oh yeah, absolutely. Mainly for the discipline factor. You know, when I was a kid, uh, I'd probably just, you know, for the cool kicks. <laughs> yeah. know, which I you know, I think which they do mention that. All right, brother. So lead us into your next favorite scene. I have a feeling. I have a feeling I know where you're going. Well, the next one I want to go into is Johnny in the parking garage. He leaves the bar to confront these two guys who were kind of making fun of him. One of them had uh, switched the channel to the Dodger game. Uh, There was a news story that Johnny was intrigued by, and they were talking about West Valley and what it heard, and that Robbie was missing, and that Miguel was in the hospital. And uh, so one of the guys, like I said, changes it to the Dodger game. They were making fun of him about his hygiene <laughs> something yeah. about like he smelled like a dog uh dog shit took a shit or something yeah. like and uh the guy got pretty stern with him because johnny was like change it back and he's like dude you're at a bar nobody wants to hear news report or weather reports i think he said or or about a coma kid but then of course the game ends off the walk off in the ninth and they go um they leave to their car and then their parking garage they're just sitting chatting about where they're going to go next Something about jellies. I hate to speculate what that is. No, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about that, bro. We're gonna talk about that. Okay. But, hold, but hold on, all right, real quick, man. Okay. I, I got a couple a couple things I want to add to that. So because that's one of my favorite scenes as well. Uh, you know, Johnny being drunk, man, and we're seeing again. You know, just how Johnny's taking this whole thing with Miguel being in a coma. He's drunk. He's losing it. He's at Frankio's. He's talking that light beers for pussies. Uh, <laughs> 
And then, but here's my question for you, because you laid it out perfectly, right? They're at a bar and then these guys are wanting to watch the, the Dodger game. But come on, bro. If they were true fans, wouldn't the game have been on already? Exactly. Come on. Come on. Come on, writers. Let's let's do a better job. No, I'm messing. They, you know, they're fantastic writers. But I'm just saying a couple of things that just jumped out of my head. I'm like, you know, come on, man. If they were true Dodger fans, the news wouldn't have been on in the first place. It would have been on in the game. You know what I'm saying? So and then the exactly. next thing, um, I like how the guy, he's the one that changed the channel. Like, bro, I've never been to a bar or a restaurant or a Pluckers or a Buffalo Wild Wings, and I'm the one that changes the channel. It's usually the the waitress or the manager. So it's just little nitpicks there, man. But uh, yeah, uh, but I, I thought about this, though, man. I thought about when, when Johnny's like, hey, I was watching that. I was reminded of, of La Bamba, Bob. Like, yo, oh, Bob, that, that yeah. dude's my brother. <laughs> he should have said that dude's my kid I'm your or something. Irish uncle. Yeah, he should have said that. Hey, I was watching that. Yeah, so <laughs> exactly. I was thinking about that, man. And, and yeah, I like when he said, uh, again, man, I love that that they're incorporating the shows, incorporating, you know, Latino actors, man. So obviously the two guys at the bar were Latinos. We're Latinos, and, uh, yeah. I, I love when he said, when's the last time you showered, Cabron? Right. When <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, man, and, and here's another question again, just a little nitpick, but nothing like ugly, man. This is a great show, but I like how how they left right after the home run. Like, yo, where's the where's the celebratory shot, bro? Like, why didn't they like have a drink real quick, you know, or get some Patron or Milagro or something, bro? So I was just some some of the things that just stood out, man. But yeah, then they go to the to the car. They're talking about jellies. But yeah, bro, what do you what do you think jellies is, man? Jellies. Um, maybe another <laughs> bar type, you know, scenario. You're being nice, uh, bro. You know what jellies is, bro. Come on. Yeah. Palmitas, bro. <laughs> Palmitas. <laughs> maybe with some, I guess, what would you say? Some live entertainment? Live entertainment, exactly. Because he was talking about it. either way, you're going to go home with the vas a hacer la paja. La paja. La paja. <laughs> that's Central American <laughs> term, man, for sure. But yeah, man, take, take us through that, man. Cause that's a pretty cool scene. So they're talking in the car, they're talking crap basically about where they're going to head to. And then what happens? And then Johnny arrives and he breaks the window, uh, of the car that they're sitting in, which is a connection to the original, uh, karate kid, you know, the same way that crease did with a punch. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then of course, uh, Johnny tries to fight them or he pulls out the one guy who changed the channel. He pulls him out of the car and then drops him. And then he tries to do this, uh, side swing kick on the other guy. Uh, and he misses cause again, he's completely drunk, completely intoxicated. And then, you know, they beat him down and, um, one guy says, go call the cops. The other guy's like, uh, you're dead amigo. And then he like stomps him and stuff. But uh, I picked this scene, man, because you just see Johnny coping with the pain, man. He feels responsible about, you know, what happened. And, of course, seeing Miguel, the images of Miguel in the news story. And so, yeah, man, this is how Johnny copes with pain, man. He has to fight. Yeah, he has <laughs> to know? fight. He has to drink. You know, we talked about right? that as well. You know, when we were covering the first season. You know, that's that's his thing. Whenever he's feeling down, you know, he turns to the bottle, man. So. Uh, yeah, great scene. And there was no doubt that Johnny was going to get his ass kicked, man. He was going against two against one. And these dudes are exactly. pretty stout, bro. So not only is he drunk, intoxicated, but two against one, man, those are those are hard odds to beat, man. So uh, the next thing that I like, just I want to point out, I love I love Amanda in this scene because in this episode, excuse me, because she does she does a couple of things. She says a couple of things that, that I like. And mm -hmm. so the first thing was when they're walking into the school because they're having oh, yeah. a meeting 
and she's like, bitch should be in Shawshank. So I just love that because I'm a, you know, big Shawshank Redemption fan. So that's Amanda just talking about how Tori should be in Shawshank. And then, you know, we see the the meeting that they're having with the principal and the counselor and we find out what happens with stingray the neckbeard teacher so <laughs> the neckbeard teacher <laughs> so apparently stingray was he was written off the show at least for this season because one of the things that that the creators john hurtwitz always talks about is that just because they weren't in this season doesn't mean they won't come back in season four so maybe stingray comes back but they wrote him out saying that he's on probation and he's not allowed within 500 feet of any child so uh and then man they were just talking about what they're gonna do right hugs not hits and uh but this is when we see you know so we saw johnny down in the dumps but this is where we see the larusso's in the dumps you know daniel because they're getting blamed for this right and they're like bullshit i heard you were the real bully you know and then uh did you know who that was that said that josh josh hill yeah josh Josh hill yeah so one of the creators of cobra kai was the one that said that line so yeah we saw that on twitter so the roosters are getting killed they're talking about sam saying she's a tramp they're saying the russo's the real bully that one guy was like you read what you sow yeah. And then uh, Amanda, another movie reference. She said uh, that Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah, dime store Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah, so I like her, bro. That's my kind of girl quoting movies. But what else do you got from that scene? Well, what I took down from that scene is, number one, the humorous reference about Stingray. <laughs> you know, how his, his fate, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, but Daniel got kind of an eye-opening. Like, he, he felt the gravity of how bad the situation was. And, uh, again, Amanda just stand up fighting for her for her daughter you know yeah <laughs> exactly she did, she felt it was unfair that uh, she got suspended when she was basically defending herself um but again it kind of goes back to the black and gray you know because yeah she technically did kiss miguel <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean yeah so. i'm sorry tell me how it's appropriate that our daughter got suspended while some dime store freddy krueger nearly tore her face but off she was tramping around with that other girl's boyfriend oh. okay no 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 Excuse that's me? who said that our daughter was not responsible for any of this. Oh, don't get all high and mighty, LaRusso. You're the one who taught these kids that my agi crap. It was your student who hurt Diaz. You reap what you sow. And, uh, of course, uh, the connection about the bully. You know, Daniel was the bully, the YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> and just the great references about Freddy Krueger, 80s movie, man. Yeah, yeah. She's just <laughs> quoting movies, man. I love that, man. She's just using movie references. Like I said, that's my kind of girl, man. What else you got? Well, I did have a question for you. When okay. uh, the counselor mentioned something about NEE guidelines, is that, I mean, you got expertise in this field. So are yes. there so that, that really was, guidelines? That was pretty oh, cool, ahead. man, how they used NEA. So NEA is like the National Education Association. So, you know, every, obviously, man, there's a lot of, you know, associations out there. And so they have guidelines. So I'm sure, I don't know that one specifically, you know, but I'm sure there's, there's things that, you know, they say with regards to, you know, fighting and, and teachers not being able to um, to intervene. Right. I mean, I always tell my teachers, yeah, don't intervene. You know, you could you know, you, they could always flip it on you and say that you're the one. Right. That that did something that harmed the kids. So that was pretty cool, man. But yeah, but they dissed dare, man. They dissed the dare program. I was yeah, I kind of took offense to that, man. The dare program, man. Yeah. Was... Yeah. Not only that, but I, you know, I do training for, you know, I do the great training. Right. That's what I do. You know, I do some professional yes. consulting with the great program. So uh, but yeah, man, um, again, what, what I noted from this from this scene, you know, we see Daniel. He's down. You know, so in the other yeah. one, we saw Johnny, he's down. And so both of these men, right, Daniel and Johnny, 
or having to face the consequences of that they had because they taught their kids karate, basically, right? So the kids took right. it to an extreme level, and now they're having to <laughs> deal with the consequences, man. So uh, the next scene that I that I liked was just you know Johnny and Jell, you know the yes. guys you know just talking mess about him, the the, the police officer saying, hey, this is the Applebee's guys. So obviously Johnny man has been uh, in a couple of chain restaurants, <laughs> maybe maybe some Chili's, maybe some. Uh, what did I say to you when I texted you yesterday? Cheddars, ben- Cheddars Bennigans. Cheddars you know? and Bennigans. That's a blast from the past, right there. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. That Monte Cristo, and then you know he just talks about how the garbage doesn't fall far from the truck because he said, "Aren't you, you know, the kid, uh, the kid's dad?" But how did he know that? That's my thing. That they put Johnny's picture on the on the newscast and said, Hey, this is his kid. That was kind of weird. You know, again, exactly. little nitpicks, man. I'm not trying to diss the writers, but I, as you know, as we watch this, right, we kind of, we watch it more, uh, in depth maybe than others, but I was just like, how did, how did he know? You know, how did he know that was Johnny's kid, man? So, uh, but yeah, then he, he kind of scares him because he says that the coma usually wins. So yeah. he says, you know, he's kind of telling him that, Hey, you know, this kid, Miguel, he's been in a coma for, for two weeks and, the comb was going to win. So I bet you that made Johnny feel even worse. What do you, what do you think with that? Yeah, absolutely. He definitely got really concerned when he heard that, you know, cause you know, he has number one, he has no phone to check for any updates if anybody texted him and he's in jail. So it's no access to TV. Um, but I did like in that particular scene, how he defends Robbie. And I like what he said. He's like, he made a mistake, but it doesn't mean his life is over. So I just, you know, I took that down. I was like, yeah, I mean, we all make mistakes, but it doesn't mean life's over. Okay. I mean, unless it's really extreme, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. You know what? That kind of slipped by me. That's pretty good, man. We all make mistakes, but that doesn't mean our life is over. Very good. I like that. So take us to your next favorite thing from this episode. The next one, um, not necessarily a favorite, but I took it down because I think it's, it's key. It's key in this episode and it's Sam in her bedroom. Um, There's no dialogue at all. She appears to be getting ready for, to go to school. Um, she, I think she puts like books in her backpack or something. And then she takes a look at, her, at herself in the mirror and she notices the bandage on her arm. And she starts to kind of slowly peel it back. And wow, you see those three thick scars. <laughs> and, uh, and then immediately it flashes back to her fight with Tori. And those three scars are what's left over from when Tori, uh, when she was fighting Tori and Tori used the bracelet. Um, and then she just, you know, after the flashback, she quickly just puts the bandage back on and then she grabs one of her sweaters to even conceal that area of her body even more. So number one, those scars look pretty nasty. I mean, I know it's a makeup and all, but I'm just picturing in real life, in a real life scenario, those pretty, pretty bad scars. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it just lets you know um, that, that bracelet cut deep. Yeah. And you get the impression that something's not right with Sam. Like she's not like fully back to herself. So, but Mm -hmm. we'll discuss it further in this episode, but I just wanted to point that out because I just thought that that was, yeah, I wrote um, wrote that down as well, man. Just her looking at, yeah, looking at her scar, you know, that was, that was pretty cool, man. And so that takes us back to the, to the kids at school. So now we see the Cobra Kai kids you know, at this point, it's Hawk, it's Bert, it's uh, it's Mitch, Mitch, right? Then we see the Miyagi Do kids, which is uh, who was it, Nate, uh, Dimitri, Dimitri and, Chris. and Chris, right? And so I love Mitch, man. I got to give it up for Mitch. I love him with the John Cena <laughs> little hand gesture and yeah. stuff. So we can tell that Mitch loves wrestling, and I just love <laughs> this, man. I love the way 
This episode was directed. You know, I love the fact that they go back to the flashback. You know, they kind of flashback to the fight with right. Mitch against um, Chris Mitch against Chris, and the flashback with Hawk against Dimitri. They don't go back to the flashback with with Bert and Nate though. What's up with that? But <laughs> but they do that. And again, man, we we also find out what happens to Aisha. So two characters yeah. who, who who played you know a, I can say a pivotal role in season two, especially Aisha in season one and two. You know, so we we see right Stingray. He's not coming back. We we see that and here obviously from from Moon that Aisha's parents they moved her after the fight, so she's not coming back. And so it's just off the bat, we already know. Okay, these two characters are not gonna you know they're not gonna have anything to do in season three. So how did you feel about that, man? How did you feel about Aisha not coming back? Well, I was kind of surprised. I, I mean, I felt that she was definitely you know a good character in you know in Cobra Kai. But, um, you know, I, I guess I was more just surprised. But then again, they didn't kill her off. So it definitely gives her the possibility of a return. So that's also a good, good thing. Yeah, for know. sure. And, you know, there's a lot of rumors right there out there. And I'm sure you've you've seen them, you know, throughout the Internet and stuff that, you know, whatever. Right? I don't even want to get into that because I don't know. It's not it's nothing that yeah. came officially from from the creators. So, again, you know, what they did say is that just because you didn't see him in one season doesn't mean you won't see him again. So uh, takes to the next thing, man. What did you like after the that? One, the next scene I liked after that and I wrote down is Daniel and Amanda and Louie at the dealership. Louie's back, Otto. baby. Louie's back. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He took a. Uh, he took a hiatus for season two, right? He there it is there. right there. Then that that's a yeah. perfect example of like, just because you're not in season two doesn't mean you can't come back for a future season. So exactly. Louie is back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Cousin Louie. Yeah. Um, but Daniel's trying to basically find Robbie, Robbie, right? He's calling hospitals and shelter. He's, he's not really having any luck. Um, and then Louie kind of comes in uh, and tells him and Amanda that he found something on his computer. And of course, Louis being Louis, he's like, don't worry, it's not porn. <laughs> and then uh, Amanda kind of says, I can't believe we hired him back. And Daniel, well, I like this is cool what Daniel said right here. He's like, look, I'm not his biggest fan, but he was one of the first ones at our door when Sam got hurt. So yeah. look at Louis being a little stand up. Yeah, and, he, and he also said this. He said, however bad he screwed up, he does care about this family. So that yeah, was pretty dope. Exactly, yeah, I love that. That is. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And then so he points to his computer and Daniel's like, what am I looking at? And it's like, it's a trade-in lot. You know, the numbers don't match up. And so Daniel's like, okay. And then he kind of starts spouting off about how he worked at Fat Sal's <laughs> and he did inventory over there. Yeah. Um, and so Daniel's like, wait, I get the gist, but are you saying you're missing a car? And then look at Louie doing, you know, his homework. And he's like, you're actually missing a 1993 Dodge Caravan. Yeah. And, and it looks like it's been gone for a couple of weeks. So quickly Amanda and Daniel are like, oh, would Robbie kind of, in the direction of Robbie, would he steal a car? And he's like, Daniel's like, well, he didn't know the gate codes. And Amanda quickly is like, all right, we need to call the police so that we can, cause you know, they have GPS on the cars. Uh, and Daniel is like, no, 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 wait, you know, let me give him, let me give, ah, give me a chance to find him and get him to turn himself in. Cause the lawyer said that, you know, it would be bad if they, you know, the police catch him on the run, Exactly. you know, especially with his current situation. So and I took down the scene, man, just because, you know, you see Louie back and does some great detective work. The line you pointed out about, you know, however much I screwed up, he cares about family. And number one, it just it gets a lead on Robbie. Because keep in mind, he's been missing yeah. <laughs> since 
since the school fights. So now they have a lead to actually try to find them. So and up to that's the, why. And up oh, to this ahead. point, no, just... up to this point, we we don't even know anything about him as well. So right, yeah, we don't know where he's at. We just now you have a trail. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I like this scene as well because I was reading an article with uh, I think that they interviewed Josh. No, not Josh. I'm sorry, John and, and Hayden. So John and Hayden actually went to the same high school, I believe, together, and they met Josh somewhere else. But uh, like in college, I yeah, think. they met Josh in college. So, anyways, you know, both John and, and Hayden are from New Jersey. So that's one of the reasons why um, when Louis is talking about working at Fat Sal's and Fat Sal's is a, is a deli in L.A., you know, he's talking about mozzarella oh. sticks. So when we say <laughs> mozzarella sticks. You know, that's how we say it, right? But a Jersey thing is to say mozzarella. So uh just wanted to throw that out there, man. So my my next uh favorite scene, and again, you know, it's not that we're trying to recap. You know, there's certain things that, that we don't talk about because this is not necessarily a recap. Sometimes it feels that way, but but again, it's not. We just kind of the things that jump out to us. So next thing that really jumped out to me is just when when Johnny gets to the to the hospital, right? He wants to go and he, he see Miguel and and I love the the bell bonds, right? The bell bonds by that guy. He's like, I'll see you about that, bruh, right? So he goes to see Miguel at the hospital. And uh, I love this, man. I, I always love these scenes, but even more. And I think you're going to relate to this, man. I think you're really going to relate to this. Uh, so when uh, Carmen and Yaya talking to Miguel, so obviously Miguel's in a coma and the nurse is just encouraging them to, hey, you know, just just say good things to him. So. Uh, I like when Yaya says, Oye, Miggy, creo que los Dodgers uh, van a llegar a los playoffs, right? Playoffs. And then I love what she Pero says. Yeah, aunque supongo que lo van a cagar, right? So that means they're going <laughs> to they're gonna mess it up, right? So, como siempre. So I just love seeing Yaya, man, you know, and, and Carmen mm-hmm. express their love. Again, it's, uh, yeah, man, it's that, just that motherly, maternal love, you know, mom love, grandma love that, that I'm sure you're accustomed to, man. I know I'm accustomed to as well, man. So what did you think about that? Uh, definitely one of the scenes I took down, man. You know, I took it down because, you know, it shows a mother's love. And then when I say that, a mother's love, it automatically takes me to blood in, blood out. Paco, when he was explaining, <laughs> when he's explaining a toda madre, you okay. know, to, to his partner. Yeah. And so, and then of course you see Yaya with the rosary, just like, you know, my abuela and my mom and, and my aunts at the Posada. So totally relate. And you can totally see that, uh, you know, Miguel, he's close with Yaya, man, you know, and kind of, you know, like you said, I can relate because I'm pretty close with my grandmother, too. You know, in the summers, uh, my, my mom would leave me over there when I got in Mexico. Yeah. And that's been the summers over there. So I got pretty close with my grandmother and, I, and appears to be the same way here with Miguel and Yaya. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely. The, I took down that scene. That's dope. Yeah, man. Pretty, pretty cool scene, man. Again, it just it connects to us, man. It connects to us in, in terms of the way we were raised, man, you know, loving our moms and and respecting our moms and appreciating our moms and our grandmas and, and all that they do, man. So definitely pretty cool scene. So again, this is, this is kind of continuous, right? Johnny at the hospital. Uh, I love seeing Johnny flirt with the nurse. He's like, come on, <laughs> come on, come on, be a bad girl, you know? Be a bad so, girl. <laughs> so they're not letting Johnny see Miguel, you know, the only way he can see Miguel in ICU, if he's a patient family or doctor. So Johnny's plan, he tries to get uh, Dr. Wins who he pronounces New Jin, Dr. New Jin's uh, badge, but that's not going to work. So then he has a crazy idea of hitting his head on the paper towel dispenser. Pretty tough headbutt there, man. Pretty tough headbutt there. So, but that was his plan. He wanted to see Miguel. So again, it just kind of shows his, 
his, you know, his persistence, man. I want to see Miguel. He wants to talk to Miguel. And I know we're going to get to that scene a little bit later, man. So uh, go ahead and take us to your next favorite scene. Actually, before before I go, I just want to okay. add a little bit to that specific scene because I wrote that down. Number one, he's trying to be charming, but his face looks like crap after he just been beating. Up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that, that's number one. And number two, I love Johnny's innovation and determination, man. Yeah. He did not let what the nurse told him about only family doctors and uh, nurses are allowed. He didn't let that stop him. And that's just Johnny. And another reason why I like his character, man. Yeah. Uh, it just reminds me of the MJ quote that I've seen uh, about obstacles. You know, when there's an obstacle in your way, you either, you know, go around it, knock it down. And so that's Johnny, man. Yeah. Doesn't let, when he wants something and sets his mind, he just goes through it. Yeah, for sure. So, even if he have to, even if he has to use, you know, crazy ass measures, you know, that's, he's, he's right. still going to do it. So yeah, for sure. So yeah, take us to your next favorite thing. The next one I have is this is where Daniel arrives at Miyagi Do. Um, because there was a scene where he located the GPS from that caravan, but um, apparently Robbie figured it out and just tossed it. And so he's on the phone with Amanda, and Amanda tells him, Well, could he be nearby? And then Daniel has the idea. So he arrives at Miyagi Do. He thinks he's close to finding Robbie. And uh, he goes into the back and he finds Sam there. And so they both ask each other, Hey, what are you doing here? And uh, Daniel asks, is Robbie with you? And uh, no, uh, Sam, Sam replies, no, I haven't heard from him. Um, and that I was just looking for him. And then uh, Daniel tells her, like, why aren't you in school? And um, <clears throat> Sam tells her that I thought I was ready, but I just had to get out of there. And um, this takes us back to that scene we talked about in the bedrooms. Like, Sam wasn't ready to go back. It seems like she's conflicted mm -hmm. and it's still all in her hair, in her head. Yeah. You know, she, she's still fighting that. And even when and, she was at school, man, you know, real quick, you know, we didn't mention this, but even when she arrived to the school, you know, she was climbing the stairs. It took her back to seeing Miguel fall on the fall, stairs. So, yeah. yeah. Definitely. And, and then of course, uh, Daniel tries to kind of put her mind at ease and say, I get it. You know, I've been in a number of fights but then kind of Sam educates her or educates him a little bit here. She, uh, she says it's different when you're a girl, even if you win, you're not cool or tough. They think you're crazy. And then she's like heartbroken because she can't imagine what Miguel and Robbie are going through. And she just feels guilty basically. And, and here Daniel, you know, you know I, I like what Daniel says is that it's not, you know, that it's not her fault. It's his fault. And that um, this all started before she was born, which mm -hmm. was true, basically. And if it wasn't for him and Johnny, there wouldn't even have been a fight, basically, at the school. And Sam tells – and another thing I like here, what Sam says, is that I thought we were the good guys. Mm -hmm. And Daniel is like, we are, or at least we try to be. And there's one thing I know is uh, for sure is that you can't run away from your problems. It's not your fault. All this started before you were even born. If not for me and Johnny, there wouldn't have been a fight in the first place. This is my fault. I thought we were the good guys. We are. At least we try to be. That's what's most important. 
there's one thing I do know for sure, and that's that you can't run away from your problems. And I can't run away from mine. What I like to unpack from this scene is just, number one, the stereotypes, man. You know, definitely what Sam said. If it were, you know, if, if she was a guy, everybody would be like, oh, you're cool. You're tough. Yeah. But since yeah. she's a girl. She's being looked at differently. For sure. She's being perceived differently. Daniel finally takes responsibility. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that first part, though, real quick, because I wrote that down as well. You know, I guess there's this there's this there's still this expect, expectation from society, right, that girls shouldn't fight. That's the way I looked at it, right? You know, there's still this right, expectation yeah. that girls don't fight. That's not ladylike, right? You know, if you're a lady, you don't fight. You know, so even though, you know, Sam can, can kick some ass, right? She's still right. not cool. She's still, you know, being made fun of. So that was, as you said, pretty cool for her to educate her father on that, you know, because maybe her father's like, nah, girl, you know, you won the fight. But it's like, nah, you know, you don't understand. The girls, they, they look at me and they laugh at me, right? And so I, I like that as well. And so then there's a lot to unpack there, man, you know, and I know we can talk about this and it's probably for me, you know, the biggest lesson that that stood out is when he said you can't run away from your problems. And that's great. That's so great, man, because you can't ignore problems, man. And what happens when you ignore problems, what happens when you just kind of try to sweep them under the rug is that they get bigger. And Mm -hmm. so there's a danger in that, man. There's a danger knowing that. You know, there's a problem in your life. There's a problem in your relationship and you don't address that, you know, and that's again, man, for for those of you who are listening to this podcast for the first time, that's that's what we like to do, man. We like to watch this show and and listen to a line and be like, okay, man, how does that apply to my life? Right. And personally, you know, and so that's how I took that, man. So so many times, man, that we get in trouble because instead of dealing with our issues and dealing with our problems, we try to run away from them, but running away from them only makes them worse so that's why i love that why did you like that line it's just like like kind of like you said just to kind of piggyback what you said if you sweep it under a rug it's going to eventually resurface at some point you know down the road whether you want to or not so you should deal with it in the best possible way right then and there instead of just you know hoping it goes away yeah and you know it's not good for your health either (laughs) yeah you you know and you should you should face up to it and i think that's where daniel was at he's like damn you know look at look at how it's affecting my 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 daughter look how it's affecting me it's affecting his business we didn't even mention that amanda said something you know when she when they were in the dealership that you know nobody wants to come to you know to their dealership anymore you know yeah it's a ghost town so he's being affected because he's never dealt with his issue he's never dealt with his grudge he's never dealt with the problem that he has with Johnny Lawrence. And so finally it's like, all right, dude, you got to man up, bro. You know what I'm saying? Or as Johnny would say, you got to sack up, bro. You know, he has to sack up and uh, go in and, and deal with your problems. So, because it's one thing to say, Hey, you can't run away from your problems, but you know, you got to practice what you preach, Daniel. So I love that. Cause we're going to see that later that he's actually going to do that. So my next favorite scene, unless you got something else with that. Well, no, just really just to add is, you know, we see the gray areas, you know, that they were talking about again, because, yeah, Daniel and Sam, yeah, they're the good guys, but you could easily paint them in a bad light, you know, about what happened with the school fight. So, again, it's not black and white. 
it's the gray areas that Johnny was talking about last season. So nice. I just wrote that down. Yeah. But sure. yeah, no, definitely. Uh, we can move on to the next scene, which I ha- I think I have an idea which one you like. Yeah. So it, it's back. It's, it's back to Johnny at the hospital, man, you know? And so, you know, obviously, you know, he, he had to be looked at because he had blood coming, you know, out of his forehead. And so they come and, and the nurse says, Hey, I think we need to keep him longer because, you know, they found some blood in his urine and, and Johnny being Johnny just said, nah, that's just jam and the lemonade, but you need to look at this. And he shows his bag and his back is all jacked oh, up. Right. But yeah. I love what he says, man. He takes it back to 1990s, you know, ointments, man. Bengay. He's like, Bengay should take Bengay. care of that. Right. So, uh, but it's all to see Miguel, man. It's all to see yeah. Miguel. He goes, he talks to Miguel and he just really just has this conversation. Now, again, Miguel's in a coma. So, Miguel can't, you know, communicate back with Johnny, but he's in a coma. He can listen to this. And so this is where the the flashback and you can go ahead and, and you know, take over after I finish. Uh, if I miss something, because I'm sure I am. But he's saying some great things to Miguel. He's saying, you know, I failed you. And then he's like, I don't know if you can hear me, kid, but I know I know you got it in you to pull through. You know, you just got to keep fighting. Never give up. You can do this. I know you can. And so I love that, man. I love that. And again, as he's saying this, we see, you know, the, the, the dream sequence with Miguel fighting in an all valid tournament. So what do you got from that? Because I know I know that's one of your favorite scenes. You talked about it yeah. in our initial reaction. So uh, take us through your thoughts on that. Well, just number one, Johnny accomplished his goal, man. He got to see Miguel. He did what he needed to do. And he just I love their bond, how he just continues to encourage him and motivating him. And remember what the nurse said, that he can hear you, you know. So Miguel can hear this going on, his sensei. And in the dream sequence, in the fight, you kind of see him get the upper hand again, you know, or regain control is what I wrote down. But really what what I like about this is just, just their bond and how they're, you know, they have great chemistry, you know, both of them. And, you know, just the mentor and student, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, sure. it's, it's badass to say yeah, it's Johnny no, Wade. <laughs> No doubt. No doubt. All right, man. So take us to, to the, your next favorite scene. The next one is, <laughs> I like this one too. This is where Daniel goes to the Cobra Kai dojo. Okay. <laughs> and he's looking for Johnny. He notices the dojo looks different. He sees like a cut out cardboard of crease, yeah. you know? And uh, so to his surprise, he hears somebody coming in from the back. And of course it's crease saying that they're closed and so Daniel's like, where's Johnny? Or no, actually, I'm sorry. Before that, Chris says, you know, we're going through some renovations. What makeover. Do you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, makeover. <laughs> and so then uh, Chris, or Daniel says, where's Johnny? And Chris being Chris here. He's not here. He could have easily told him what happened. But yeah. He's like, no, he's not here, but he'll be back. Yeah. Very confident, very arrogant, yeah. you know. And then, of course, now he goes on the attack towards Daniel. He's like, it's a shame what happened at the school. Such a tragedy. But I don't really blame Robbie because you know what they say. There's no such thing as a bad student. I love that. And yeah, that's a connection from the from part one. Yeah. <laughs> what Miyagi told Daniel. Yeah. And then Crease uh, is like, he continues. He's like, it must really hurt to see the Miyagi name dragged through the mud. Yeah. And then here, wish I could see the look on the little <laughs> bastard's face. That's another that's another connection from yeah, part one. Exactly. Because he's like, you're a pushy little bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a shame what happened at the school. Such a tragedy. 
But I don't really blame Robin. Because you know what they say. There's no such thing as a bad student. It must really hurt to see the Miyagi name dragged through the mud. Wish I could see the look on the little bastard's face. That little bastard kicked your ass. More than once. You're lucky he taught me true karate. That's why I'm not gonna fight you. Oh, but you will. It's inevitable. But this time, Johnny and I will finish it. <laughs> Once and for all. I love that he said there's no such thing as a bad student because he's using that against Daniel, you know, because Daniel's always using it against him and Yagi used it against Kreese. And now it's like, all right, here you go. I'm going to use it on your ass, you know? So I like that. (laughs) Go ahead, bro. (laughs) And then Daniel takes us like a step forward, like, because he's angry at what what, uh, Kreese just threw in his face, basically. But he holds back. And then Daniel, uh, you know, says something back. He's like, "That little bastard kicked your ass more than once." Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, "You taught you. You're lucky he taught me true karate, and that's why I'm not gonna fight you, priest." Oh, but you will. It's inevitable. Yeah. But this time, Johnny and I will finish it once and for all. You're not gonna. And then Daniel goes, "You're not gonna do anything now while I'm around." <laughs> and then he proceeds to leave and walk out the dojo. And I think Chris tells him, you know, where to find me, <laughs> kind yeah. of leaving it open, you know. For sure. So I, I like this scene, you know, good exchange. Chris definitely killed it in that. Yeah. And, um, you know, for the first time, you get a sense that, okay, there's a possibility that Daniel and Chris are going to get into it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. You know, and of course, the, the two connections, man, about uh, the bad uh, bad teacher and uh, the pushy, the bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the two connections I took down. So yeah, very good scene. Love it. You know, anything else you want to share? Or add well, I got a question that? for you, man. Why do you think he didn't reveal to to Daniel that Johnny was long, no longer there? Because he could have been like, "Look, John, Johnny's no longer here. This is my Cobra Kai." He could have been like mm-hmm. that. So why do you think he didn't do that? I think he has a plan. I think uh, he's letting you know johnny like cool down or relax and then find a way to somehow bring him back i think that's his plan you know okay my thought process with that is you know crease is he's an army man you know what i'm saying and it's one of those beliefs where you know you don't want to let other people know what's going on in your in your group you know what i'm saying right your crew you know it's kind of like you don't air your dirty laundry so you know, yeah, he'll be back. You know, I'm not going to tell you that, you know, we we're not together anymore. You know, he's kind of <laughs> protecting his army. You know, he's protecting his his base, you know, and his his group. And so that's that's my thing, because Chris is always thinking like an army man. So, yeah. yeah, man, great scene, man. Loved it. You know, loved it. Uh, Again, it's everything that you said. Some of those things that, you know, we were texting back and forth yesterday, you know, the pushy little bastard. So Chris, <laughs> man, again, yeah, Chris, again, just established you know how much of a badass villain he is, man. So anything oh, yeah. else with that? Um, one of the things actually that I just now thought of what okay. you were saying is I'm wondering if maybe he senses that he probably could not because Chris is a little a lot older than, than Daniel and Johnny. Yeah. Do you think maybe he senses I right, I'm not gonna be able to beat this guy by myself? So 
I'm going to need Johnny Lawrence to to beat Daniel, to completely beat, beat Daniel. For sure. I don't know, just a thought. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. And that's what I'm talking about, the whole army thing, man. So, yeah. shoot, you know, the more soldiers we got, you know, we're going to see it in, 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 in uh, upcoming episodes where he got rid of the weak soldiers, you know, so I don't want to overstep, yeah. you know, episode nah. <laughs> one, but he got rid of the weak soldiers and got and found the strong soldiers, man. So that's his plan. Yeah. yeah he wants strong people. He wants a strong army, man, because if you have a strong army, then who's going to be able to defeat you, you know? So, yeah, exactly. and that's how Kreese thinks, man. So yeah, dude, just the, the whole makeover, there's size on the wall and there's a different paint job. There's his little <laughs> cutout and stuff. And it's just, yeah, Kreese, Kreese took over, bro. So that was, yeah. that was put uh, his footprint back on there. He put his footprint <laughs> back on there. So the next thing that I like, man, it's just a real quick scene. I love, so Daniel, he faced his problems. And then we see Sam facing her problems. And her problems were simply, all right, you know, there's some girls. They're looking at me. They're staring at me. They're laughing at me. And so I love what she did. She goes up to those girls and she says, hey, you want to say something? I love that. I was like, yeah, hell yeah. There you go. And those girls didn't say anything. Yeah, say it to my Mm -hmm. face. So. I love that, man. So the last scene, man, was basically Daniel and Johnny teaming up, right? They're teaming up for yep. Robbie. They want a safety. You know, Daniel goes and, and he sees Johnny. It's like he sees that Johnny's all tore up. Johnny doesn't want to tell him about Crease. And there again, you know, Johnny, why didn't Johnny just say, hey, we're not together? You see, so you kind of see some pride w- with both men, you know, for different yeah. reasons. Crease has his pride. Johnny has his pride. Johnny could have been like, nah, man, you know, Crease did me dirty. You know, and I get it. Johnny was tired. You know, Johnny had been, I mean, he's been drinking, man. He's been on a on a bender, right? He's been in and out of jail, in and out Mashed of hospitals and stuff. Yeah, so I get that. But when he talked about, hey, we got to do this for Robbie. We got to find them. And the whole reason these kids got in trouble was because of us. I love that, man. And I wrote down this. They were taking responsibility, dude. You know, and he was like, it was our issues. And, and I love that as well. So this is another lesson that I put down, man, that our mess. Okay. When I speak our mess, I'm talking about me, myself, you, you know, when you think about people that, that, that you have responsibility over. So your kids, right. You know, or, or, you know, your, your group at work or whatever, you know, our mess and shouldn't, we, we shouldn't let, you know, our mess, you know, or our kids suffer because of our issues, because of our stuff. And that's what, what, what. Daniel was essentially saying, you know, we shouldn't let these kids suffer because of what, you know, we're going through, man. So. The whole reason these kids got into trouble was because of us. We can't let them suffer because of our issues. It was pretty cool, man. I loved it, you know. And he said only one way to end this, man, and it's by working together, man. So that was pretty yeah. cool. What did you think, man? What did you think, though, from from that exchange between Daniel and Johnny? No, I totally agree with what you said, man. I mean, the idea of them teaming up is something we probably never would have thought of in the previous two episodes or the in, in the original. But, yeah, definitely the main focus of that exchange was, yeah, the whole reason these kids got into trouble, like I said, is because of them, you know. It was their fault, their rivalry spilled over, and the kids just amplified it, really. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And um, 
And so now they're suffering because so that's, you know, one thing we're, we're all imperfect people, but you know, especially us when it comes to our kids, we don't want our faults or what's not faults, but like our, yeah, you know, our, our fault, our faults too, dude, you know, our faults, yeah. our flaws, our weaknesses, all that, all that stuff, yeah. man, all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like seriously, right, man, yeah. we don't want our kids to suffer because of our mess, man, because of our issues. So yeah, our faults, man, there's things that we do. You know what I'm saying? Mistakes that we've made. So, yeah, dude, uh, that's why that really spoke to me, man. So, uh, yeah. But the last shot, man, I, I guess I messed this up. The last shot was actually, why don't you take us through the last shot? So it's the dream well, sequence go- going. Yeah. Yeah. The dream sequence is going. Uh, you hear Daniel. This is where Daniel's still kind of talking to Johnny and you see what Sam goes through. Like she overcomes her, like you said, her problem and takes off the sweater and walks up the stairs. And then. While that's also going on, uh, Miguel's in the dream sequence and he's uh, taken control of the opponent, which here, what I think or what I wrote down is the opponent was the coma that he was fighting. in. Yeah, that was that was the opponent. And he finally, you know, gains control and, and scores a point and wins. And he flashes back to the hospital where he's lying in bed. Doctors are rushing in. Nurses are all over him. And camera pans to his face and he opens his eyes and he wakes up he lives baby beautiful he lives hooked right there i want more i want next episode i want to keep going brilliant brilliant from the writers man that's you know that that's the best way to describe it for sure man i can't even top that because that's perfect man that's perfect we know that miguel lives you know when the episode started he was in a coma but man miguel opens his eyes and it just makes you, like you said, let's keep going. Let's see where this goes. Yeah. Let's see what what's next on Miguel's, you know, path, man. So let's go ahead and do this, man. Couple couple categories as we finish wrapping up episode one aftermath from the third season of Cobra Kai. So run it back scene, right? The put it back scene, you know. The what's the one scene, man? You're like, yo, let me just I want to watch that one again. I want to just run that sucker back. What's your one? favorite scene best favorite Johnny, scene from this episode the one i have to go to is johnny by miguel's hospital bed where okay. he's encouraging him to fight to never quit and that he believes in him that's that's brilliant man i could you know if god forbid if one of our kids were ever in that situation we'd be right there doing the same thing man. okay all right yeah. oh man this is tough man uh, i like that one but I'm going to give the listeners a different one. So I, I'll go with that one. So it's kind of 1A, 1B. The 1B would be, oh, man, this is tough. Uh, you know, 1B would be the conversation that Daniel has with Samantha, man. Because it yeah. kind of, that was the catalyst that set both of them in place to go and settle their problems. Now, Daniel did it settle his problems but it got him on a start to do it right it kind of got him he took the first step and then sam as well she she stood up and didn't allow those girls to to laugh at her or continue making fun of her so yeah i'll have to say that one but yeah definitely the the johnny scene man so next category man quote this what's your favorite line favorite quote from this episode actually for this one i had the quote but i moved it to the lessons learned okay the quote that I took down, though, I don't know if you caught it right before the credits hit. The <laughs> tribute to Rob Garrison. 
he's my mom's age, bro. 1960 yeah. to 2009. Yeah. The Cobra Kai never dies. Yeah. You know, and it's just unexpected and sad, man. What happened? Yeah. You know, exactly. but yeah, I took, I took that down. As, there was like, a quote. quote. What was the quote? Well, the quote was just basically Cobra Kai never died. Oh, okay. You so know, that, and it that. was, it was his picture and his, you know, the, the, the dates, but, uh, but yeah, that's why I said it wasn't necessarily a quote, but it was just a good, good little scene right there, I guess. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, my favorite quote is this man is you can't run away from your problems, you know, post that do something with that, you know, cause it's true, man. You can't run away from your problems, man. And again, that, Absolutely, that yeah. ties into the lessons that we'll cover here at the end, man. All right, man. So I know we've been doing top five, man, but I'm kind of, you know, I want to be a little bit more picky this season, man. So let's do CK three, man. Cobra Kai top three. It's season three. Let's just do top three. So go ahead and give me your top three and I'll see where, where we stand, you know, if we're in consensus or if I have to, you know, put somebody else in. Okay. Uh, okay, so I put down five, but um, let me pick three out of these five that, you know, I have to put Johnny just for his innovation and determination. Yeah. You know, he's the MJ. We, we've said it many times. Um, Yaya, I'm going to give Yaya some props. Ah, uh, yeah. The, okay. the, 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 the closeness between her and Miguel. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It's between Louis and Crease for the last one. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go with Louis just to give him some props, just to give him. I mean, Daniel did good too, okay. but I'm going to go with Louis. Just you know, stepping up to help family, good detective work. You know what? And he appears to have changed from because his character was kind of sort of a little annoying maybe in the yeah. first season. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I'm going to give Louis props because right. I know there's going to be plenty of opportunities for Daniel and Johnny and Priest throughout the season. Okay, for sure. So you know what? We'll stay with Johnny. Johnny again, as he's been doing it. Zapka's just been killing it. So I'm with you with Johnny. I'm with you with Yaya simply because of, you know, that one scene, you know, that one scene she was in, man. And, and she just, I don't know, man, it, it touched me. Like I said, you know, we talked, yep. a, we talked a couple of minutes about that, man. Just the, the maternal love, right? And then third one I'm going to go with is Samantha. And, you know, Samantha. just, yeah, man, love, love what she did at the end, you know? So again, the yeah. beginning we see her, she's scared. She's dealing with the, with the effects of what the fight did to her, the, the psychological effects, man. Right. And then she kind of, you know I mean, not she kind of, she does, man. She takes that advice from her dad. Hey, you can't run away from your problems. And she does something with it. So I love that, man. So I'll go with those three, man. All right, brother, here is for this season. I want to do something a little bit different as well. So one more category, man. So we're going to we're going to rate each episode. All right. We're going to rate each episode on all valley trophies. So between zero and five, all valley trophies. So how many from zero to five, five being the best zero being that you don't get any trophy. So what do you what do you rate this episode, man? I'm going to go with a four just because. It got this is the scene this is the episode that got me hooked and wanting more. Okay. Like, you know, it was the first one, it was a start off. One of the things I like the way the writers did is um they didn't uh delay Miguel's, you know, what would I say, incorporation into the into the season. You know what I mean? Like we got the story of what happened and then boom, he's back on his feet at the end of the episode. So now we're gonna see Miguel more throughout the season. All right. So, so four all valley trophies for this episode. I'm gonna go with three and a half. 
simply because of the nitpicks with the Dodger game. Come on, man. If you're a true <laughs> fan, if you're a true fan, that Dodger game would have been on from the get go, man. But nah, three does it. Three point five doesn't mean it's bad. It means it's good. You know, good. Four is excellent. Five is just badass, right? So yeah, right. three point five is still a good episode. Again, to me, you know, let's just kind of wrap this up. It's just setting the foundation, man, as we've seen before. We've we've talked about this when we covered season one and two. You know, these are kind of the foundational episodes, and that's what it did. If you think about it, it laid the framework for all the main characters, Sam, Robbie, even though we didn't see much of Robbie, you know, Johnny, Daniel. I mean, that's what it's doing. Miguel, even Hawk and Demetrius is kind of like, oh, shit, we're going to see these. These guys are going to. I'm going to use that word again. These guys are going to squab. These guys are going to fight again, man. So it's it's just setting it all up, you know, so this is kind of and the backstories this, too. the backstories. This is a setup, you know, uh, episode. So again, 3.5 or four doesn't mean it's bad. It's good. It's just, Hey, we know when we're going to give the five all Valley trophies, man. <laughs> all right, bro. So, Absolutely. uh, any, uh, again, you know, again, we've, we've talked about some lessons throughout this, this podcast episode, man, but do you want to summarize one? Um, that you have for the listeners? Well, the one I took down and, and we've, you know, discussed it quite a bit. It's just what Daniel said. You can't run away from your problems, man. You got to face them. You know, they're going to, they're going to make an impact. They're going to number one, they're going to resurface. And number two, they're going to impact you in, in, in any type of way and most likely harmful. You know what I mean? So deal with it, squash it, not just physically, but psychologically as well. For sure. All right. I love that, bro. I'm with you there. You know, we've talked about that. Don't run away from your problems, man. You know, especially, especially right now, man, you know, people, I know, I know, you know, we're in the first week of of January and, and people are already saying that 2021 is just like 2020. Come on, man. You know, just got to take it day in, day out and and just deal with it as best as you can, man. So, uh, yeah, but Hey, thank God we got Cobra Kai. We could binge watch it. Right. We can, you know, get some laughter out of it. And hopefully, hopefully you, the listener, you've gotten some good stuff out of this, but Monty, Hey, we're going to be doing this once a week, brother. Once a week we'll be recording. So the next one we'll be recording episode two, man. So again, thank you as always, brother. And we'll talk next week. Definitely, man. You're welcome. Love talking about the show, man. All right, brother. <laughs> Cobra, Kai. Cobra Kai never what? Cobra Kai ne- what? Dies. Never dies, never brother. Dies. All right, man. Take care, man. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Cobra Kai Never Dies podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to this episode as we've unpacked and talked about episode one aftermath from the third season of Cobra Kai. If you've enjoyed, you've enjoyed this show. We need you to rate and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Spotify, we need you to press that follow button. And if you know any other Cobra Kai fans, make sure you share this podcast with them. You share this podcast with them. You post it on your social media. You email your friends, your family, and let them know, yo, there's a badass podcast that talks about Cobra Kai and the episode. So again, we just thank you for listening and we can't wait for you to join us on the next episode of Cobra Kai Never Dies.